Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon, if I can call it that. This is the COB. My name's Carl Orr. I'm with Danny Akuye. And uh, well, the reason why I say if you can call it that is because it's been a pretty rough day out there. Well, it has indeed. It looks like the ASX 200 is uh, down about 108 points, 1.5%. So 7,196. And uh, yeah, it was pretty grim out there, wasn't it? The uh, tech stocks. Yeah, absolutely. It uh, was off by 1.4% by the end of the day's trade there, the SIBO 200. So looking fairly weak indeed. And uh, let's just get across some of the sectors now that um, were weighing on the market overall, starting off with the tech space. Uh, tech stocks down collectively across the board. Wise Tech Global pulling back by 4%, zero down to $116 a share, which it hasn't been, hasn't traded at for, for a couple of months. Uh, block also off. Um, a bit of an interest rate story there, actually. Uh, some strong US data last night, putting some upward pressure on rates. Obviously not good for growth stocks, but well, there could have been um, a bit of a double whammy for the growth and value uh, sort of factors today. Because if you look at the material space, which we will now. That was pretty grim too, wasn't it? Yeah, that China story hasn't, um, well, it's sort of fizzled out again, it would seem. Um, So, well, uh, BHP reports in a week's time and it was off 3% today. Indeed, indeed. And uh, probably not surprising given all the uh, problems going on at China at the moment. Yeah, it's, I feel uh, like there's a lot more to run when it comes to emerging markets if uh, treasuries continue to tick up. Yeah, um, there's calls of uh, potential balance sheet recessions and maybe policymakers not addressing the actual true issues at hand when it comes to China. Um, kind of sapping the confidence here about uh, the prospects of a recovery. So um, again, hit from multiple angles today, that's the miners. Uh, banks as well, also faring fairly poorly. Uh, CBA was ex-div. So $2.40 and uh, 100% franked. There you go. Yep. Um, are you a holder? Yep. Yep, I suppose we all are indirectly, aren't we? If you have superannuation funds, you've probably got it somewhere. Um, but nevertheless, um, that's why we saw the 3%, uh, 3.7% drop in CBA, uh, but also weakness across the board in the banks. Uh, we have a few more quarterly updates rolling through in the next few days. Uh, from some of those uh, players. So very weak across the board. But um, Danny, let's get to the three themes. Absolutely, let's go to the three themes. I think um, the the kind of, um, in a nutshell, if you will, the market has been hit on on all angles today. There hasn't really been that much good news at all. Our retail sales surge, that was the United States. It looks like the uh, consumer is just, well, just in a very strong position uh, at the moment in the United States. And that raises, well, obviously the risks that the Fed will either have to move rates higher uh, or at the very least, keep rates high for longer. Yeah, but they're also racking up a ton of debt, right. absolute ton of debt. So it's not actually a case of there's more cash, but they are actually increasing their credit card debt. So okay. 
uh, a lot of US commentators have been basically saying, you know, the banks will decide when they've had enough of that. And obviously mm. the banks are potentially under pressure because Fitch has uh, flagged that they may be looking to downgrade the US banks. Interesting. I was thinking that too, because I know with one of the guests before, you were talking about how obviously the you know, um, structure of their mortgage market's a lot different. They have these 30-year loans yep. that, you know, if you did take out a mortgage uh, in the last, say, three years or so, you know, you're paying 2% or whatever. Yep. It means your borrowing capacity is so much stronger than it would be otherwise if you're on a variable rate. So you can take out these loans if you want to and contribute, you know, that demand into the economy. It's kind of a second order effect that kind of complicates the job of the Fed, whose transmission mechanism is very different to that of the RBA. Yeah. So with their new homes market, the builders are actually providing subsidized mortgages at the moment. As well. Yeah. So that's what they're doing because the mortgage mm. rate is seven or eight yeah. percent for a new mortgage. But again, I go back to a lot of people over in the States now for any discretionary major items, cars, etc., they're having to borrow and the cost has gone up substantially. So I don't know. I think there are signs that it will slow down. I mean, you've got holidays, August holidays. I think yeah. it's going to be more telling as we head into autumn slash winter in the US personally. Always complex, of course. So that's the US story. Uh, China story might be slightly more simple just because it seems so dreadful. Uh, we'll speak uh, about that a little bit more as well. And um, we have obviously done already. But um, reporting season. And that takes us to the flood of results that we re- uh, received today. Let's um, just smash through them, shall we? Because we want to get across them all. Seven West Media, first and foremost, for your net profit, $145.7 million. Revenues, I, I guess that's slightly below expectations. I don't know yeah. if that's a year prior. Um, no dividend declared, though. Yeah, that's never a good sign. No dividend. Nobody likes that one for sure. And uh, then we should be, uh, well, basically early trading indicates underlying revenue tracking full year 23 trend, targeting what over 40% total revenue share, total TV market expected to stabilize during Q2 and optimistic for full year 24 and beyond. Well, yeah, well, there you go. Uh, So there's seven. Uh, Moving on now, uh, Transurban reported today. And I guess the story there, in fact, I think um, it was brought up on, was it brought up on the um, the call today or might have been some analysis done from a guest talking about obviously. slightly weaker than expected. That's what I picked up, yeah. But they are, they very much uh, put a lot of capital in to fund that final dividend of 31 and a half uh, cents a share. But net profit, nevertheless, up 211 cents, 64 million. Toll revenues up 26% to 3.3 billion yet another case of where you see in inflation hitting the consumers hit pocket and free cash flows up 13 percent and of course scott charlton has left michelle jab jablo co appointed ceo and uh yes it'll be interesting to see who the new cfo is yeah so there's uh transurban's results there for you um okay this one was one of the laggards of the day we will uh, we'll see that uh, in a moment's time when we go through the leaders and laggards, but Flesher Building, um, full year net profits were basically cut in half, flat revenues, costs the issue. Um, so its shares were, um, well, really smoked throughout the session. It was yeah. down 6 or 7%. Uh, we did speak to, I think it was the CEO, Nadine did, right. throughout the day. So if you're interested in getting some color on the results, there's that there on your platform. Uh, but the outperformer, 
inexplicably perhaps bad core yeah there comes the on the back of a GUD yesterday which was one of the top performers net profit down 15% to 106.5 million revenues up 9.7% to 2 billion final dividend 11.5 cents a share see solid underlying full year 24 performance again a company that went into it downgrading so solid trade demand to continue trade market growth rate to return to normal and retail segment to face ongoing challenges and that share was up today so we'll uh, again note that once we get to leaders and laggards but it's uh, one of the better uh, stories of the day perhaps um, moving on Mervac also in focus full year net loss of 165 mil operating profit down three uh, percent on revenues that have fallen 31 percent total distribution 10.5 cents per share and uh, next one that we've got on the table, vicinity centers staying, I suppose, in that space really. Um, also seeing a fairly significant decline. Um, Retail malls. Retail malls. Mm. So net profit down 78%, 271 million. FFO, it's kind of like the distribution. Funds from operations, That's I think it, it is funds now. Funds from yes. operations up 15% to 684 spot 8 million. Revenue up 8% to 1.27 billion. And a final dividend of six and a quarter cents per share. And net wealth. I had the uh, privilege of chatting with the CEO today, uh, Matt Hines. Mm. Um, but, well, on the surface, a decent result. Um, a little mixed in terms of expectations. Fund outflows continuing? Fund outflow. I think I think they slowed, was it? Or was it? Outflows continue or has slowed? Probably um, slowed. Probably, I think it was slowing. But a uh, really interesting point there that it was, um, you know, as we are uh, uh, well aware now, that mm. um, difficult environment for, for, for these sorts of platforms just because markets have been volatile and equities haven't been quite mm. as attractive. Um, answered a, a question really well, I thought, uh, around you know potential product innovation going forward, especially if we see a very different world in terms of financial markets, which doesn't, you know, so there's constant inflow potentially into equities. He was talking about, you know, maybe products diversification there uh, being on the uh, agenda for net wealth to take advantage of, you know, obviously higher cash rates and these other products that investors can use now that, uh, well, you have to be a bit more discerning with your money. Indeed. And then did we all go to the pubs and drink lots and debit <laughs> group? Full year net profit, 529 million versus 495. A revenue, 11 spot 9 billion versus 11 spot 6. And they have cut the dividend. Nobody likes it when they cut the dividend. 7.5 cents from 7.7 cents. Retail sales up 2.5% in full year 24. They're flagging and hotel sales up 4.6% in full year 24. And I don't think the market liked that result at all. Oh, let's just check in. Yeah, down four percent. No, sentiment's poor towards Endeavour at the moment, it isn't sure it? I mean, is. It, it should be their... resilient in a slowdown, but uh, yeah. isn't there some gaming reforms though too coming through? I think yep. it's Victoria, which could yep. maybe take a bite out of profits. Which absolutely, you know, the self-righteous person to me says, well, that's not such a bad thing for the world. <laughs> Um, but we'll get a view on that actually because we had Michael Wayne from Medallion Wealth as well as Carl Kapalingua from Think Markets giving us their view on Endeavour. It's a big black candle and a big gap, and that's where I basically have to tell anybody who follows me, okay, we're, we're, we're on the way out the door now. might not be today, right. but we are working our way out of this. And honestly, it has not seen uh, barely an uptick since then. It just goes to show once you disappoint the market, once you lose the faith of the market, just how hard it is to get it back. And I think we've just seen, as you say, that premium be eroded. So it was trading, not that long ago, it was trading sort of uh, mid-20s uh, on its PE, and that's 
come down to 18, which is still expensive. It's still expensive for this type of company, which is going to deliver us all of about 4% compound annual growth over the next three financial years. So, you know, your typical ASX stocks, what I'm just going the average here, it's going to give you sort of, you know, 7, 8% growth, and it's going to have an, a PE of around 15. So we're getting less than the market's uh, growth for more than the market's PE, and that PE continues to contract. Um, some might say, oh, I'd like it for the dividend yield, but the dividend yield is about 3.8%. It's not awful, but now below 12-month term, term deposit rates, plus you've got that awful, awful chart, short-term downtrend, long-term downtrend. I just can't find a reason to own it right now. So if I can't find a reason to own it, I must go sell. 20% drop in gaming revenue for them would have a fairly significant hit to their earnings. I think yep. some people are estimating 20 to 30%, oh, wow. even more. So that's something that I think the market's just been digesting as well in recent times. It's Look, it's hard because the liquor business is a very mature business. Um, obviously, yes, a lot of the population do drink and, and go to bottle shops, et cetera, but it only really grows at the rate of population growth. Right. And that's probably why, as Carl touches upon, the earnings growth for this business is around yeah four percent per year, so it's nothing too exciting, um, and the valuation is nothing too compelling either. They've had a couple of like bad updates recently, missing consensus over the last six twelve months. So probably um, best to give this one a wide berth for now, uh, and yeah maybe focus in on it once it starts to bottom out. So neither of the lads liked it. Well, wide berth says it all. Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, uh, perhaps we'll get a view from our guest about Endeavour just to start with. William Science from Macro Capital joins us at the desk. Uh, Will, does um, Macro have a strong view towards Endeavour as whether they like it or not? Uh, look, it's not a company that we're particularly keen on at the moment. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the report, they missed on expectations uh, and they've been in a pretty sustained downtrend since uh, that profit downgrade in August. Um, and despite that, still trading on a pretty extended PE multiple whilst delivering uh, below average returns and growth at the moment. Um, so definitely not a company that we're particularly keen on holding at the moment. Uh, I think also it's meant to be a defensive stock and it certainly hasn't delivered on that reputation. Um, so until the market indicates that it's back in favour, it's not really a company that we'd be looking at owning. And what about, um, so companies like Transurban today, is that one that you like? I mean, they should be beneficiaries of a higher inflationary world from the perspective of toll fees going up. Yeah, look, it was a pretty strong report out of Transurban. Um, their, their profits certainly um, risen quite significantly, uh, and they're definitely passing on a lot of the inflationary impact uh, onto, onto toll road users. Um, so I think they're quite well placed at the moment. I think the key thing with Transurban is that they largely have a monopoly already, but they've lodged to bid for the East Link um, road. And so if that does get approved by the ACCC, it'll be that they only uh, they own every kind of toll road apart from two. And so really securing their, their place as a monopoly. But if that does get knocked back, I think that'll certainly be a bit of a, a risk event for them uh, and quite possibly a bit of downside if that does get um, get knocked back. And the ACCC has certainly been flexing their muscles a bit recently with knocking back a few uh, acquisitions that are going to be uh, restrictive of competition. Uh, so I think that's the, the key thing to watch with Transurban at the moment. Mm. Yeah, well, Bapcor was the, the real outperformer. I was sort of scratching um, my head and with the state of things at the moment, so hard that I almost drew blood, um, that <laughs> the stock was up, but I couldn't necessarily see on, on what. I mean, how did you view the, the Bapcor numbers? 
Look, I didn't think it was a particularly stellar mm. result. Um, it was largely in line uh, with market expectations. And I think realistically, they noted a number of, of risks that are impacting particularly that, um, that retail arm of the business. I did notice that they offset that with a few of the other divisions. Um, but I think the, the highlights out of the report were that they've got greater cash conversion, but also lower net debt. So they're quite well capitalized and also reasonably liquid. And I think in this uncertain economic outlook at the moment, that those are quite positive things for the stock. But I'd agree, I think it was it was largely in line and the, the market's taken it quite positively. So one of the only outperformers on their report today. Mm. And last but not least, Dexas, because you know, so much concern over the commercial office sector and valuations. Yes. Yeah, look, it's it, they did swing into a, a statutory loss um, and they had pretty significant write-downs across their portfolio with that whole um, office sector struggling quite a bit at the moment. Um, there's certainly continued pressure in that space and valuations are expected to continue uh, to decline. Um, so quite a, a risky area uh, to be involved in the moment. That said, in quarter two, they actually had um, vacancy uh, rates ease slightly, still above the long run average, but easing. Um, so potentially a continued effort at, um, at cutting some of the work from home arrangements. I know a number of the, the big firms are trying to get everyone back in office for kind of corporate culture and that side of things. Um, but look, their, their guidance, they anticipated that fiscal year 24 is going to remain quite challenging for them. And I think most sentiment in that space indicating that office is a bit of a, a turbulent environment to be involved in at the moment. Obviously, it was a very broad-based sell-off, so you, you get the sense that it was sort of, um, well, more than just obviously company reports um, that were driving price action. I mean, how are you sort of seeing things more broadly at the moment? I mean, we've got the China issues. It, clearly, retail sales are strong as well. Yeah, I think the, the retail sales is probably the bigger issue, at least catalyzing today's sell-off. Um, they came in uh, quite a bit above expectations, came in at 0.7% above the 0.4% forecast. Uh, and there's obviously been a, a lot of rhetoric at the moment about the Fed having finished and also probably heading into the next phase being cuts. Um, but I think this retail figure has, has ruffled a few feathers that we may see that um, flow through into inflation staying elevated for longer. Um, and so originally prior to that result, they, the analyst consensus was 116 basis points of cut next year. That's dropped down to about 106 basis points of decreases. Um, so definitely ruffling a, a few feathers there. And then when you add that to the, to the China situation at the moment, uh, that's definitely impacting our iron ore miners, which are a pretty hefty chunk of the market. Mm. Mm, totally. China. It's not looking too great, is it? No, not particularly uh, crash hot there. Uh, the data yesterday was weaker on, on pretty much all fronts uh, and their retail sales were, were way weaker than expected. And so when you add all that into the deflation story, uh, I think a, a lot of people are wondering why there hasn't been a, a bigger stimulus yeah. measure implemented. Mm. I think we've got the, the loan prime rate uh, next week. Uh, and most sentiment is there for, for a cut on that. But I think analysts want to see fiscal measures come into play and um, government stimulus going to consumers to help shore up the economy there. And that'll obviously have a flow through impact domestically. Uh, but until we get that, I think uh, there's going to be a fair bit of downside in the iron ore miners. Happy days, Will. Really appreciate your insights as always. <laughs> Will Symes, Macro <laughs> Capital. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, uh, let's get a look at the leaders and laggards, shall we? I think we've already spoken about a lot of the stories here. Um, Batpour and Mervac up the top of the table here, and vicinity centres too. So some yep. of the owners today um, managing to sort of buck the bearishness and, uh, you know. Well, so bad they're good. 
So bad, they're good. <laughs> there you go. Super retail pulling over as well, higher. Uh, let's go to the laggards now. And uh, Fletcher Building, Ooh, we, we noted that off the top. Grim. Disappointing results. Zero resources. It's sort of high, uh, high base, uh, minor, uh, I guess you could say, um, dropping 6.2%. Brainship, always on the list one way or the other, just very volatile. And um, I don't know if I can find much news around Megaport and IPH, no. although I think IPH might be reporting tomorrow. Right. Although there's about, I don't know, 30 companies that are, so yes, I, I could be it's full wrong. on, indeed. It's going to be a busy one. We'll get to that in a sec. But uh, small cap leaders and laggards, what do we got there? Um, nothing that really jumps out to no. me other than obviously just you know some big moves there. Uh, laggards um, largely dominated there in the small cap space as well by the miners, so there's commodity names, uh, sensitive perhaps to the China story as well. All right, what's on overnight? And well, uh, UK CPI has just got uh, released and, and uh, maybe some good news perhaps? Well, it's in line with expectations apparently, right. but it's down to 6.8% in July. So I'm sure being very, very welcome indeed. So that follows on from the cooler than expected 7.9% that they had in June. But the trend is your friend. I think we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, as Danny said there, 6.8% headline CPI for the UK. Um, also in the data tonight, on the data front in the US tonight, US building permits, um, also uh, FOMC minutes as well. And a couple um, of reports, and Costco, a few reports. Costco, Target, Target. Was it? Uh, No, sorry, uh, not Costco. Um, Walmart? It was Cisco. Cisco. Cisco, which right. is uh, 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 another sort of big one just in terms of obviously the tech story. So uh, we'll keep an eye out there. But this is tomorrow. Obviously, this isn't a full and exhaustive list of the companies reporting tomorrow. You know there's about two dozen that are. Uh, but amongst them, ANZ will provide a quarterly update. Yep. ASX, Evolution, Sonic, Telstra, Domain Group. Those are just the ones that caught my eye. There's, again, a stack more. I don't know Indeed. if there's anything that's on your radar by any no, chance. No, not in particular. And also QBE and Centre Group going ex-Divi tomorrow. Uh, jobs report, that'll be interesting. We'll have Bjorn Jarvis, Jarvis from the ABS to come on at, uh, well, a bit after 11.30. Cool. Uh, the unemployment rate's expected to tick up to 3.6%. Cool. Um, a slight increase in jobs uh, at forecast, but not enough to offset, obviously, those uh, well um, migration pressures, perhaps. Um, increased uh, work uh, supply of labour. Um, other than that, I think that's uh, well, that's the next twenty-four that's hours. That's it, yeah. And it looks like the ASX 200 has closed down almost 110 points, one and a half percent, seven thousand one hundred and ninety-five. And the SIBO 200 down 20 points, one point four four percent. So I think that's enough of seeing red on screen today. Yeah, that'll do it. We'll wrap it up. But um, there was a lot of good content on uh, the website, or there is on the website. Absolutely. And especially if you're interested in some of those earnings results, there's going to be plenty more of it tomorrow. So uh, perhaps you'll have to gear yourself for that. But in the meantime, have a lovely night, and we'll see you tomorrow morning. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.